welcome to Lawyers Who Lead, a podcast that challenges the notion that the law lags behind. I'm your host, Sigal Barnes. Each week, I invite a lawyer who's making powerful changes through extraordinary leadership. In each episode, we'll travel through another lawyer's life, identify what they do best, and then devise how to apply these concepts to your own world. So let's get to it. Welcome to Lawyers Who Lead. I'm your host, Sigal Barnes. As a reminder to all of our listeners, this week is a bunch of fantastic short-form interviews that I had live with leaders from NALP's 2023 PDI conference in Washington, D.C. We'll be returning back to our original episode programming starting next week, but please enjoy these episodes as there's tons of great insights. So let's get to our next guest. We have with us Meredith Zadnicek, the Director of Attorney Professional Development and Integration at Smith, Gambrell, and Russell. Meredith designs innovative programs for attorney training and professional development. With a rich background in legal recruiting and a strong focus on mental health advocacy, her contributions shape the future of legal practice. So let's dive into the interview recorded live at PDI coming up right now. Meredith, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Of course. So let's get into your lawyer origin story. Tell me how it all started. Yeah, it's interesting. So law school, clerked my first year um, with two firms, decided I didn't really want to work in a law firm. And so I came out and met an attorney who owned a public relations agency. Started working for him and managed media relations campaigns for law firms and legal associations for a couple of years and then transitioned into legal recruiting and professional development. Wow, so what made you change from PR to... Really the relationships. Um, I am very relationship driven. That was more, I could hear what people were wanting to do and what kind of books of business they were wanting to build, but couldn't really do anything about it besides pitch journalist. And so this was a way to to get to be more involved. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. That's amazing. So tell me a little bit about why you attend this conference. The community. Oh my gosh. The trading of information and ideas. It's a special place. It's unlike any other conference that I go to. So I know that recently you transitioned from one firm to another. Tell me, what is that like? How does that feel? It feels great. It's been two weeks. (laughs) Um, I have not had a a full week there yet. Mm -hmm. So um, super exciting, super new. I was at my previous firm for almost 11 years, Wow! so big transition. So if for someone that is going for the, through the same thing that you are, they're transitioning from one firm to another, what is a piece of advice that you can give them? I think taking the time to, to get to meet as many people as possible and just listen. That has been you know my experience so far and what I think I'll be doing for the next couple of weeks is truly just a listening tour with section heads, you know, practice group leaders, associates, partners, and understanding that culture of the firm. Yeah, it's so important to listen. So tell me, what is one big takeaway that you've taken from this conference so far? I think all of the information on Gen Z Mm -hmm. has been, I mean, we've been talking about it, I think, for a couple of years, but this has been really a focus of this and just the transparency and everything that that we're gonna have to change, I think, to, to court this new generation. And I, I'm excited. I think it's gonna accelerate change in the law firm at a faster pace than, than what we're used to. Can you share a little bit about those insights? Well, we'll be the largest generation um, coming in and just we've been slow to change in the past. And I think the past three, four years since COVID, we've seen rapid acceleration of change, just the adoption of technology and some things that five years ago we couldn't imagine working from home and now that's a part of life. Right. And I think, you know, as they come in and they demand some 
some changes to, to law firm policy that we're going to have to listen or else we're going to fall behind. So what are some of the things that firms should be listening for as these generations are coming in? I, I think that they have a different expectation of what their career is looking like. This is no longer the, I'm going to put in the hard work. You tell me that I stay seven years, I make partner, and I'm going to do what you say. They're coming with their own ideas and their own side hustles. And if we're not meeting those needs, they're going to go somewhere else or they're going to be entrepreneurial and start their own business. What do you think some of the skills and competencies would be to help um, honor what Gen Z wants when they're coming into the workplace, but also helps them excel at a firm? I think we have to do a better job of setting expectations from day one, Mm -hmm. of really meeting them in the middle and explaining these are the unwritten rules. Mm -hmm. Here's what you need to do to succeed. It's no longer they know. They're coming in and they're just observing and learning by osmosis. That's not happening these days. What would you say, and I know we don't generally like to generalize (laughs) a generation. I've always been a little bit uh, critical of that. You know, I mean, we don't want to generalize any large population of people. But what would you say is the biggest, and I know you kind of alluded to it a little bit, but the biggest difference between, let's say, Gen Z and millennials? Yeah, I think, you know, that they're actually more willing to tell us what they need. Um, I, I think one thing I've seen is is just the conversation around mental health. Mm. I think it's fascinating to me that 10 years ago, it was a taboo topic. Yeah. You didn't talk about it. And I would be afraid to talk about it. And now associates are right out of the gate asking about it, asking what are we doing about wellness and willing to ask those uncomfortable questions even during the interview process. That's incredible. And so, I, I mean, I think it's really a testament to them. I mean, it, it's it's interesting. I would not have had the confidence to ask those questions back then. Yeah, no, I think that that's another thing the pandemic really accelerated is the ability to have those conversations because right. we were all falling apart in one way or another. Like, no one has left the pandemic unscathed. Right. And so I agree. I think it's a fantastic thing that there is a real honest and transparent discussion around mental health. That way we help people and we empower people who are struggling and give them the same opportunities and the support systems that they need to be able to excel as well. And I think law schools have done a good job of that and that's where it's coming from as well. They're Mm -hmm. used to this from Mm -hmm. the law school environment and then they get to a firm and, and we're realizing we need to catch up and have some programs and policies in place and and educate them and educate our partners. On that note, this is something that just came to me as you were talking. So if the law schools are really kind of getting better at that and the law firms are starting to take a lead based on what law schools are doing, what kind of collaboration between the law schools and the firms is happening to help ensure that a firm like yours is communicating that you are listening and that you're trying to improve so that they would come to your firm? Yeah, I think that's a great question and a great partnership area for us is to really understand what programs are you doing and what are they coming in their expectations of of things that they're used to seeing because right now I think that's an area that's lagging yeah and an area where we could improve over the next couple of years absolutely it really is a great collaboration Mm -hmm. opportunity and also from an OCI process perspective like what are some things you can even integrate into the process to help right and I think we will probably see that starting to change in some of our recruiting brochures and things like that of emphasizing wellness more I think that's going to be really attractive so based on all the experience you have based on everything that you've been learning at this conference what does leadership and legal professional development mean to you 
I think leading with authenticity and building relationships. I am very relationship driven. I love to see people who lead with an authentic perspective of here's who I am and I'm meeting you and I'm showing that to you rather than just telling you something and hoping that you're just going to do it. (laughs) I think there is that real need for for conversation, getting to know someone, building that trust, and that to me is leadership. I really like that because showing who you are from the get-go, and whether that's the flaws or like the strengths, you know, being vulnerable and being able to show both of those sides um, helps people understand how to interact with you, right? right? I mean, if you're hiding certain parts of yourself, and I'm not saying like maliciously, but you're worried or whatever, and you're hiding a part of yourself, it will manifest itself eventually. Eventually, yes. And then it'll throw people off guard because they yes. were like, oh, I didn't expect that. Right. And set those expectations up front. How do you communicate? What do you expect? Right. I, I think that's so important. So a la- final question, what do you do for self-care? It's an interesting one. I have a four-year-old, so some of the, t- the time is focused there. Um, but for me, self-care, I would say I, I love coffee. I'm a religious coffee drinker. To me, that is such an important part of my day, to have a cup of coffee by myself. That's my alone time. It's my time to gather thoughts, think about the day, plan the day. And, and frankly, if I don't start my day that way, it throws everything off. And to me, that's so important. I'm 100% the same way. <laughs> I wake up extra early. I have a five and six-year-old. I wake up extra early before everyone else does. That time is sacred. And if I don't have it, I'm, you know what, being vulnerable. I'm not always like my best self. <laughs> Same, same. (laughs) Awesome, Meredith. Thank you so much for being on the show. If anyone wanted to reach out and connect with you, what's the best way to do that? LinkedIn or feel free to email me. My last name is a little challenging, but it's mzadnacek at sgrlaw.com. Wonderful. Thank you, Meredith, for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you, leaders and future leaders, for listening today. We have a new guest every week, so don't forget to join us next week. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe or follow us anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. You can also follow at Lawyers Who Lead on social. Let's celebrate and continue to build a community of leaders in law together. Lawyers Who Lead is made possible by Lawline, the leading online platform for lawyers who want engaging, relevant CLE and professional growth content. For over 20 years, Lawline has helped hundreds of thousands of attorneys level up by providing award-winning courses in hard-to-find areas and high-demand fields. They have so many courses to choose from that are actually really interesting to listen to and watch. That's why Lawline's rated the highest in the industry, with almost five stars and over a thousand verified reviews on Trustpilot. Lawyers who lead listeners get $100 off Lawline's unlimited annual subscription, which means you can take as many courses as you want for a really good price. Just visit lawline.com slash podcast to get the special offer. Check out Lawline for the best content for leaders and future leaders in legal.